You are experiencing the Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. It is December 18th, 2023, and welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty, where we are bringing you the people and the organizations fighting for liberty around the country and in your region. Uh, today, we're uh, not going to have a guest with us. We're going to talk about some uh, recent topics in the news and uh, from sort of a liberty perspective. But before we get into any of that, let me introduce you to our panel. In our lower left-hand corner, we have Leon, the word Brathwaite, last word in liberty. He is a retired engineer in the state of California. In our lower right-hand corner, we have our screaming eagle of freedom, Tim Everett. He is a pilot in the state of California. My name is Jason McPhee, and I'll be your host. <clears throat> so the topics we're going to hit today, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, uh, something that's going on in Arkansas with a government is actually forcing people from other countries, I guess, Chinese nationals, I guess, to sell land that they own. So that's that's kind of a, a, a little bit of a weird story with some liberty implications. And then we're going to uh, kind of home in here in California on the bullet train, sort of a tale of two trains. We've got our sort of disastrous bullet train in the Central Valley. And yet there's another bullet train that's sort of popping up between Las Vegas and Los Angeles that maybe has different fortunes in its future. Uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about about the mainstream media's war on misinformation or disinformation and how maybe they're sort of the cause of it. <laughs> and finally, we'll get to our knucklehead noise patrol uh, where we find out about Biden's secret Jewish heritage that he recently shared with us at a press conference. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, before we get into that, let's go to our quote of the day, sort of a new segment we've been running. Uh, and James, maybe you could bring up the visual. So our quote of the day, sort of a liberty-inspired quote, is from Frederick Bastiat. So he was an 1800s French. French economist, uh, an assemblyman there, an author who had a lot of great insights on liberty. And this is a famous one. It definitely pops up in a lot of places. And he says, when goods do not cross borders, soldiers will. Uh, so sort of noting that, uh, um, you know, if countries are sort of invested in each other and sort of voluntarily interacting, they're a lot less likely to be shooting at each other. <laughs> you guys have any thoughts on that particular quote? Yeah, I, I have a thought. That's one of my favorite quotes because uh, it applies to the uh, war, global war on terror in many ways, or some of these other skirmishes we love to get involved in. Uh, and the first thing is, you know, they cut off, uh, you know, the, the uh, what's it called? You know, they just stop trading with these countries, uh, you know, trying to make them be, behave. Um, the United States does this, and uh, you know they they make other countries stop trading with these. You know, like Russia is a prime example, and um, you know it's just it's just uh, how to make uh, bad matters worse. Uh, so uh, there's no negotiation, and then the next thing you know, um, there's shooting uh, going on. So uh, yeah, it happens all the time, and. Uh, the United States is extremely good at at uh, making sure that goods do not cross borders. I don't know, Tim. I have to. I'm, I'm going to take issue with that with that statement you just made. That the United States is good at making sure that goods don't cross borders. I mean, we 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 have one of the biggest markets in the world. A lot of goods cross our borders, and we 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 export a lot of stuff too. I mean, why would you say a thing like that, though? Well, because no, it's it's not that our goods are not allowed to cross our borders. There, it's not like it. But um, okay, um, can, 
can, could you could you buy Russian Russian goods today? Could, could you if you wanted to buy Russian vodka directly? Can you can you do that today? How about can they Cuban, cross our borders? How about Cuban cigars too? Right? Yeah, how about Cuban? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That that's a perfect one right there. Uh, how about Cuban cigars? Can you buy those? No, you know, of course not. And uh, you know, here here are the Cuban cigar sellers of the world have uh, lost out, except for the black market, which my um, <laughs> one of my sons was uh, was pretty good at bringing some Cuban cigars uh, after he made a visit to Cuba one time and brought home a box, uh, smuggled it uh, home. But uh, aside from that, you know, they, they um, do not have a way, the Cuban cigar makers do not have a way of enriching themselves with our lucrative market that you, you clearly identified. And uh, so um, as a result, then the, the people of the countries that are selling these goods are getting, are, are not as rich as they normally would be if they were allowed to trade with the United States. And so as a result of that, they uh, do not have the. They not, do not become richer to be able to um, uh, uh, fight the, the tyrannical regime in which they live under. You know, usually is the case. Iran well, is another good example, right? But where, where 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 do we draw the lines between the, between um, our political enemies and, and 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 our economics? Though, where do we draw the line? Though. Well, well, okay. Let yeah, me give you an example. World War, World War, um, World War, World War Two. When we were fighting the Germans, one of our, our, our one of our great allies. I mean, should we con continue while World War Two was going on, or the aftermath of World War Two, while the Nazis were ruling ruling Germany? Should we have been trading with World in with, World War Nazi Germany? In World yeah. War II, the soldiers from Germany had already crossed the borders. After that happens, then all bets are off. Um, but but prior to that, I'm talking about the modern day methodologies of, of fighting wars by the United States are to, first of all, cut off trade. That's the first thing well, they do. And, and real, real, real quick, Tim, be, be, before you move on from World War II, I just wanted to jump in there as well. One thing that we might notice as well. And by the way, we do have a little bit of weird sound going on in the background too, but, but one of the uh, issues that might be um, that you might tie this into for world war two as well, was that we put all these economic restrictions on Germany after world war one, such that probably a lot of goods weren't moving across those borders. I, I mean, you know, we, we were forcing them to do reparations, but um, I think they were internalizing a lot, which might have also caused, you know, been a cause for World War II. So just just to throw a little fuel on the fire here. <laughs> no, it is a valid point. Your, 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 your point. your point is well taken, Jason, about the restrictions after World War I. I, 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 will, I, I, will, I will concede that. That is a valid point. But the question is, I still want to know where do we draw the lines? Is it is, is is it that regardless of the political situation with between us and our, our, our enemies, are we are we supposed to continue trading with them? No, I think when they have here's the way you want to draw that line. If they have already sent their soldiers across their borders into other places, that's where you that's where you stop trading with them. That's because 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 the you know the soldier movement has already occurred so that that's a good good place to start that's where you draw the line prior to that 
You want to continue trade so that you can continue negotiations to continue avoiding soldiers crossing borders, yeah. either, either from them to yours or yours to them. Well, and, and just to jump in on this as well, I, I think part of the issue as well is that as we trade, we become invested in each other as well. And so when we do, it's almost like, uh, well, I would shoot over at your country, but I might hit my 401k. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I can't have that. So I'm going to be a little less trigger happy as I as I start aiming those guns. Of course, it's funny, Joe Biden uh, doesn't appear to be uh, uh, that guarded on his trigger <laughs> in fact he's blowing up pipelines last i heard <laughs> oh more pipelines <laughs> well i okay pipeline uh, well technically he's nuked too he nuked our our uh what did they call that one that was supposed to come from canada xl pipeline the XL pipeline, and then, and then, of course, he nuked the Nord Stream too, <laughs> as well. So, yeah, he's uh, uh he Mr. He does, he does trigger like happy. Pipe. He does yeah. not like pipelines. I feel like his attitude with those pipelines is his attitude with shotgun self-defense. Just shoot it out the door. Yeah. <laughs> shoot them. Shoot them in. Shoot them in your knees. I will. Yeah. I will concede. I will concede that he is a very um. Uh, a ticklish issue here about about where do you draw the line? Um, even though um, I still I still think we got, uh, there there are some issues here to be said about our political conditions re in relation to our, our foreign enemies. Uh, but I, I I I would I would hope we would stay on the side of trading goods and services. But um, I I I think we cannot we cannot ignore some of the realities of the world. Well, you know, this is a good transition of where do we draw this line to our first story. And it actually has to do with the state of Arkansas. And uh, James, maybe we could get our invisible hand, James, just maybe we could get this uh, visual up here. Um, it is a story about how Arkansas has a law in the books where if you are, um, I, I guess, a, a country that it deems as an enemy, I guess, then they will not allow you to own land. And so it came to light uh, a few years ago, I guess, that a Chinese company uh, owned uh, owned some agricultural land in Arkansas. And um, let's see, I'm trying to find the name of the uh, Chinese company. Uh, Shenzhen. Okay, that's it. Um, yeah, and and the, the crazy thing about the story is that this, this company had owned the land since uh, uh, 1988, I believe. So, and it was just recently that they decided that the, these guys are sort of like enemies. <laughs> <laughs> and they're dangerous, and therefore they want to force them to sell the land. And they actually are hitting them with like a $280,000 penalty, too, because they're claiming that in 2021 they didn't file some kind of a form saying who the uh, that, that it had sort of Chinese ownership. Uh, it's, it's actually the, the parent company is something called uh, uh, China Chem or Chem China or it, Chem China, that's it. Uh, that's the uh, Chinese National Chemical Company, I guess. But I guess they have some sort of an ownership in this company. And so they're forcing them. They're giving them two years to sell the land. And I guess the question is, uh, you know, does that make a lot of sense? I mean, should we be uh, limiting 
uh, people from investing in this country from overseas. Certainly, we had a big scare back when I was a kid about, oh, J- the Japanese, they're buying up too much land. And, you know, that turned into a, a big overblown concern. But I, I remember there were a lot of people practically apoplectic that too many Japanese were buying golf courses and other golf things courses. over here. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so what do you guys think about this story? This seems, uh, you know, like it's maybe is, is government too heavy handed here or is this crossing that line you're talking about, Leon? Well, I mean, you know, whenever the government get involved in anything with, in, the, in the private markets, you always have to be concerned. However, with this particular situation, and uh, I mean, um, there are some national security issues here that are being raised. For instance, the Chinese also own a bunch of land up in, um, um, I think it's a Montana, one of these places. It was very close to some very sensitive military sites that we, that that United States as a whole, own and operate. Now, when we have people who we know who are not seeking our best interests and they're buying land so close to sensitive military sites, is is there is there a case to be made that this should be forbidden? Now, being being of course on 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 uh, of, of the liberty mind, I would I would tend to think, think no, I would not want I would not want that, but I do not want to discount the national security issues that may that may that may be involved in some of these decisions by our by our um, by some of our lawmakers. But the government getting involved in private markets is always leads a disaster, and I can't see how it could be avoided here. Now, the case in the case in Arkansas, the land have been in in in, in the hands of the of the company Jason said since 1988, and all of a sudden now it's become a a, a security threat, and I mean you just don't see you, you just don't see how the dots all add up that they could force them to divest of the of the land when it was legally purchased and legally operated. You just can't see how how this how this could withstand any sort of legal scrutiny. Which I think is eventually going to happen. These laws will be challenged in court, no, no doubt. And I, I would hope, I would hope, it will be uh, the government will be forbidden from doing these things. But we still have to be concerned about the security, the national security threat, especially when those land purchases are close to uh, sensitive sites, military sites. Yeah, Mises um, had a good article on this, and. Uh, they they blame it all on crony capitalism, where um, guys like Bill Gates that contribute to the Republican Party, the Republican Party was behind this, and uh, uh, he's the largest. Bill Gates owner. did what? Say that again. Bill Gates is the largest landowner in Arkansas, private. And, and, and what about the Republican Party, is it? And he has contributed handsomely to the Republican Party and the Republican no, Party was behind no. the Bill, Bill Gates is a very well known left wing Democrat. He still when it comes to his property and the, the people in charge in Arkansas are mainly Republican, he has contributed to the Republican Party according to the article. I don't know. Perhaps the article is wrong, but um and uh as a result and, and some others too that I can't remember the the other one they, they pointed out so um, these landowners now, when, when you force more land to be on the market, then that drives the price of the land down. And so they are artificially, the government is artificially forcing uh, more of the uh, more um, 
of the product being available, in this case, land. And so therefore its price is, is going to drop when, you know, when they are, when the Chinese are forced to sell. So um, that's, that's what the gist of their article is, is that in, at least in this case in Arkansas is crony capitalism, is the government helping certain connected private people like Bill Gates to be able to get bargain, bargains they normally would not be able to get without government interference. Well, you know, I, 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 I would want to throw just a little bit of pushback on that because I, I, I can completely agree with you that there may be an issue uh, that uh, maybe this is benefiting uh, Bill Gates because it's it's forcing a particular competitor out. But also, you know, this would have a damping effect on the number of buyers, right? Because if I'm coming from another country and I see that, oh, geez, I mean, I want to buy land there, but they may just, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Pemex or something else, the government may just take my land right away at some point arbitrarily in the future, right? I, I, you know, then maybe that's going to also damp the demand for land as well if there's less foreign buyers who are interested in buying in the future because of, of issues like this. So, um, yeah, well, maybe yeah, it's short-sighted. Maybe, maybe, maybe so, you don't argue that this is some sort of issue of crony capitalism, the whole argument, everything that you both of you guys have suggested will will drive um, you'll drive the price of land down, and then we'll we'll see it in the case of the um, of foreign capital, foreign nationals not being able to buy buy land. It, you're cutting off you're you're cutting off um, uh, demand for for land, which will almost permanently drive prices down. Why would any landowner want that? This is because totally irrational. Because they have no intention to sell in the future. They want no intention of selling. Uh, what's that? Who have no intention of selling? Like a Bill Gates that wants to just continually buy up uh, land for growing food. For, for well, I take issue with that. Who, 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 how could we say that nobody will have no intention of selling their land? We do not know what the economic circumstances will be five, ten years from now. We don't know. Well, know. you know, let be, be, before you guys respond, let, let, let me let me throw into uh, what the governor of Arkansas said in a recent uh, uh, press conference on this. She said, we will make sure that every company operating in Arkansas is a friend to Arkansas and good to hard work in Arkansas. So that's the uh, that's sort of the logic behind that. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the politics go, uh, so, you know, so I, how, how did, how did she... well, we know that is nonsense, right? We know yeah. that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's nonsense. Because okay. right. I was wondering how she reconciles that that land has been owned by the Chinese since 1988. Is that what you said? 88? Yeah. 88, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. in the article, yeah. yes. So now all of a sudden, after that length of time, she's worried about the, the poor beleaguered Arkansasians. And, that, and what? They don't, they don't get to work the land? You know what the Chinese bring import the Chinese workers to work the land. Is that how that works? And, and they don't truck stuff to and to and from. They don't. Buy, nobody buys the goods and that come from the land. I mean, what's going on here? Yeah, it is nonsense. Yeah. Well, but the, but the whole thing is uh, even though I mean we can, we uh, I don't want to totally dis, dismiss the whole issue of national security and all that. But what would be the issue? It's not that, that, that they could um, they could take up the land and, and 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 move it someplace else. The land is there and is there permanently, and and I mean we still have some effective control over what could be done on the land. I mean we're not going to sit down there and let them build build a nuclear site on the land. Nobody's going to do going to permit that. 
or something like that to say a nuclear site that could be in the future used <laughs> to attack to attack uh, military assets here in the United right. States. So right. I don't even understand the logic of 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 even forbidding foreign nationals from from purchasing the land. I yeah. don't, I don't understand the logic of it. I don't think that's the I think that's the feigned yeah. uh, logic. It's it's not the real logic. Yeah, that's the Warhawk washing. Yeah. <laughs> of this. But you know, it does bring up a point. Logic. Yeah, exactly. But it, but it does bring up a funny uh, kind of point. Is that if if I were the U.S. surveillance state, wouldn't it make it a lot easier on me if like China raised a big flag and says, "Hey, this is where we are." <laughs> I mean, if they own a certain piece of land, that makes it a little bit easier to spot where they might be spying from, right? I mean, yeah, you know, because I, I mean, what's to stop them really from from paying off some other opportunist like a Hunter Biden who might own some land from just going there and using his land to spy on us from, right? But uh, and that would probably be harder to pin down unless you know it was a guy like Hunter Biden who had a sign that says "I'm open for business" with you know foreign governments. <laughs> Back to the point, what what could possibly be the logic of, of forbidding the purchase of land by foreign nationals? I mean, and also, and also, it, it also is, is where where are you going to draw this line? Okay, so if I if I am a, a U.S. Uh, a U.S. subsidiary of a foreign country, say like like Shell, for instance, Shell. Shell is a well-known, established company. They've been here for God knows how long in the, here in the United States. So if 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 Shell purchases land in 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 Arkansas, are they now subject to this law? I mean, this is this is kind of ridiculous when you think about it. Yeah. Or BP, BP for that matter, well-known, established foreign foreign companies. Are they yeah. now subject to the law? Yeah, and in the economic aspect of it, yeah, a lot of dollars go to China in trade. So those dollars are over there. You know, and what do they do with them? Well, it's not a bad thing to get those dollars back into the United States economy. So they, they come and purchase land here. Those dollars go to the landowner, Americans, and they take that money and they invest it elsewhere in the United States. So the, the money is circulating back to the United States after going over there, uh, you know, when, when we buy their goods and, and stuff. So, so uh in, in my opinion, that's that's a good thing. It's a good circulation of the money and brings it back home to sell land to them. Yeah. Well, I, I think also too, you know, these things they, they give uh, China, uh, you know, maybe a, a reason to cooperate a little more with us if they have assets over here, and and likewise us thing. with them. So yeah, that's that's another thing the article pointed out is that uh, if if they're vested in the United States. Um, they know that if they go to war with us, we'll just take over that land and kick them out and just tell them, you know, go pound sand. And uh, and so uh, that's an impetus or a motivation not to go to war with the United States. You know, it's this my whole thing about trade, about, you know, it's, it's, it's similar to trade because trade is both goods and money to purchase the goods. So you want that circulation going on all the time or... You're going to get other bad things coming over the border. Okay. We're still on well, that quote after 23 minutes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's time to derail this topic and head to another topic. And we want to talk about this uh, uh, train fiasco that we have going on here in California. And so, Jane, may, maybe our invisible hand can bring up the uh, the image of this visible uh, hand of the government, this childlike hand of the government <laughs> trying to design our fast train project here. And I think this hand with this little choo-choo is a little more successful than uh, California is doing right now with the uh, high-speed rail and trying to guide that. Um, and so we have a little bit of video from Reason that we wanted to show as well uh, on this. Um, but essentially, this is almost like a tale of, of two train projects. We have this one that has been going on since 2015 here in California, this bullet train, where anybody who lives in California knows it's just a ridiculous eyesore. There's no working train. There's just a lot of track that's sort of been laid out in various spots within the Central Valley, um, not really doing anything. Anybody who takes that drive to uh, to, to uh, Bakersfield, I guess, from to Sacramento is going to see, uh, you know, sort of the, the pieces of this track that are just out there they've been out there for years and there's nothing happening on it um and and so it's it's blossomed from a project that started out at the promise of tens of billions to now hundreds of billions or at least over a hundred billion uh so and on that same note uh, a, a much more, a, and by the way, that, that train project was started. I remember when Jerry Brown was our governor and he took a trip to China and I remember seeing an article of him on the Chinese bullet train. And in the article, he's saying, we've got to get one of these. <laughs> so, so that's, you know, essentially just the planner deciding that, Hey, this communist regime has one. I want one too. And so, you know, Jerry Brown, one of, one of the more responsible Democrats, I guess, cause there aren't that many of them. <laughs> uh, you know, he totally went down the, uh, you know, totally down the Kool-Aid on this one. And it's uh, been one of the bigger boondoggles of his administration, but, um, that is, as like I said, just blossomed into this horrifying project, and now we're we're so far into this. At the same time, there's another train project that's just starting up, uh, where they've made plans to go from Los Angeles to Vegas. Now, that one. You know, there's there's a little bit more economic drivers. It's a little more market oriented. Uh, it's uh, by a company that's actually trying to make a profit is running it, <laughs> which, you know, that's kind of like a dirty word in California. But, you know, since Vegas is involved, I guess, you know, they, uh, you know, they've, they've, they've got uh, their cards on the table <laughs> a little better, so to speak. But anyways, let's see the uh, uh, some of these video clips uh, so we can kind of understand a little bit better what the scope of the problem is here on this project. So, uh, oh, well, you know what? Before we get into that, we're almost out of time for this uh, segment with our um, online, or excuse me, with our public access audience. Um, uh, we have to let them go in about 30 seconds, so I don't want to get into that video uh, clip just yet. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, another aspect to this story, too, is the Biden administration has just promised to dump $3 billion into both of these projects. So both this 
this hole in the ground in California, essentially, and three billion to sort of juice the the Vegas product uh, project as well. Um, and, and in that sense, it almost seems like you know he's trying to jump ahead of the parade that's already sort of on track <laughs> by throwing money at them. Um, but if if you are watching us on public access, like I said we've got some interesting video we're going to show on this, and we're going to go further into the discussion. So uh, you can follow the rest of this conversation on Facebook, uh, Rumble, YouTube, uh, YouTube, or uh, Spotify. Um, and you can go there to hear the rest of the story <laughs> and, and find some uh, other interesting interviews we've done with uh, people fighting for liberty around the country and in your region. Um, so go check those out. Uh, anyways, so back to the discussion. So James, maybe you could bring up video clip one that uh, uh, talks about some of the problems that they've been having. It gives a little background to the bullet train. There has been one ambitious effort to build high-speed rail in the U.S., in California. But that project turned into something so foolish that it's almost a crime. According to Quentin L. Cott, the former state senator who is crucial in rallying support for a $10 billion bond measure to build high-speed rail in the state. He became a fierce opponent of the project when it ran out of money, and the agency in charge, he says, broke its promises to voters. The 520-mile railway, which has received more than $20 billion in state and federal subsidies, but after 15 years of construction, they've only laid track for a 170-mile stretch in the Central Valley. Brian Kelly, who took over as the CEO of the California High-Speed Rail Authority in 2018, says that the project was initially mismanaged. They got into construction out of sequence, and they got into construction before the authority was ready. As a result of that, if you're trying to get into construction, you've got a contractor mobilized to build, but you're behind on right of way you haven't moved all the utilities, then you're going to run into delays in cost. The cost of the project has ballooned from $33 billion to about $128 billion. Can you give us some reasons that's for why? Big wow. That's, that's just a wow. $128 billion. So a $10 billion bond to start with and then ballooning into $128 billion. So that's part of the story, but we, we said I had to uh, make some breaks in there. Uh, can we watch the second video clip too? And that's going to give just a couple more reasons of why this has gone out of control. The project climbed in price in part because its planners decided not to use existing traffic corridors or rails, opting for a longer route with many more stops. Politicization that led to this really flawed plan that's costing way, way more than if they'd followed I-5 and didn't have to do as much massive tunneling and the real estate acquisition and the endless litigations, having to divide hundreds and hundreds of farms in half and fight with them over condemning their land, that has delayed things dramatically. Brightline is also building in California. Okay, so so that also talked about some of the land rights issues as well, and and <laughs> sort of how how politics got involved in steering, I guess, the course of this train as as part of the issue. Um, so I, I guess just just talk, focusing for a moment on the on our California bullet train. What are your guys' thoughts? I mean, you guys are Californians. Maybe you're seeing this from different sides of the uh, the spectrum here. Uh, what do you guys think of this? Crony. Go ahead, Tim. Tim, Tim, go ahead. Just crony capitalism. There's people trying to, you know, that are the the, the people. I can't. What is it? Um, who who is the politician whose husband was involved in this and made billions off of this? Was it? Mm. Uh, it was a it was a 
Um, maybe it was Nancy Paul, Lucy's husband you're talking about? Yeah, Na- Nancy or, or Diane Feinstein, one of them. I don't remember which one, but it's one yeah, of them. I, think it was, I thought it was Nancy Pelosi's husband. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, they're, they're involved in all this. It's, it's just chronic capitalism. So, I said, hey, yeah. let's make some money off the backs of the taxpayers. Why not? You know, I mean, I mean, this whole bullet train business is just, is just you're just seeing your, your, your money, you know, our, our tax dollars just going down a crap hole. That's all that's happening here. Mm-hmm. They're never going to build this train. We know that, okay? And and look at how they're destroying farmland to to to, to build this boondoggle. I mean, it's you know, it, it gets back. You know, we almost stand this song like like broken records here. When the government is involved in anything, which is what is happening here, it is all. It always leads to a disaster. We started off with this ten billion dollar uh, bond. Which I voted against, thank God. Mm-hmm. Started with this ten billion dollar bond, and now we have to. This thing is going to cost right now one hundred and twenty-eight billion, and we know that it's not going to stop there. It's going to be maybe two hundred, maybe two hundred and fifty billion before it's all said and done. And who is going to pay to support this thing and maintain it and subsidize it? It's we, the taxpayers. So this boondog is going to continue for, for for as long as we are involved in this in this project. We yeah. we should. You know, if you want the honest truth, we should cut our losses right now. We should stop this damn nonsense and let the market decide on how on how we are transported from point A to point B in California. Let, let the market decide these things. And it can do it. It has done so effectively here in the United States for the last 200 and almost 50 years. But here are these people coming along trying to tell us that they know best. And, it, and it's it's a disaster. Yeah, that, uh, so so what you're saying is that this original bond measure was voted on and passed by the majority of California citizens. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. Okay. And we, here we go again, once again. We, the California citizens that vote for this kind of nonsense get what they deserve, and and here we are. And so, uh, so my. Well, 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 it's certainly taken for a ride. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and, ride to nowhere. Uh, yeah. a, very, they, they, a very, a very, scenic ride. A very scenic ride down a crap hole. Yes, you're right. Yeah. They, they never, they never learn. They never ever learn. It's always about, you know. I, I know, know what the motivation is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not going to get on the train, but everybody else should get on trains. Oh yeah. I'm going to fly. It's a lot easier and it's faster and all that. So I'm just going to fly. But everybody else, all these peons, they're the other people. They're going to ride the train because that's better, because it's better for the environment. It's going to be fast, blah, blah, blah. So that's, that's what they're thinking. We're going to save the planet because we're all going to die if we don't. But, of course, we're going to drive our cars and fly in our planet. And the rest of you peons can have fun getting on this bullet train to nowhere. They will drive. They will drive their gasoline-powered cars. You know? Yes, and everybody yeah. else will have to get on the train. Yes. Well, w- w- one of the interesting things um, uh, about this too is the idea of how market-driven these things are. Um, you know, in one of the, the the company that is actually working on the one from Vegas to LA 
claims there's a sweet spot. They say if you get two major population areas that are about 300, 250 miles apart, that's that's long enough that most people won't want to drive it, and it's short enough that it doesn't make as much sense to fly. So they're claiming, you know, this is the sweet spot. And maybe we can take a look at that video, James. It's the number three video uh, that we have, and that'll tell a little bit about this Vegas train. Also building in California, developing its own 218-mile rail line running from Las Vegas to Rancho Cucamonga, which is on the outskirts of Los Angeles. The company is betting that travelers will opt to leave their cars at home and avoid airport hassle. We acquired property in Victor Valley. We acquired property in Las Vegas. We have rights of way from the California and Nevada Departments of Transportation. So we were able to do it without eminent domain. Reininger says California's high-speed rail project has to clear far more regulatory hurdles than Brightline. They have different environmental regulations that they're subject to, and their system profile is just very different than the entrepreneurial private sector approach. But unlike its Florida line, Brightline West is not going to be a test of whether rail can be commercially viable because the company is banking on about $3 billion in federal subsidies through Joe Biden's Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. Poole is skeptical. It becomes far less of a business venture and much more of a, we can do grand things because we don't have to worry about what it costs. Yeah, and so certainly there's this $3 billion investment, but the bottom line though is, is that this company still is driven much more by market incentives than, and, and we're talking like 12 billion is what they're looking at versus the, the this $10 billion California project that was had, had hands in it. Uh, you know, one of the crazy corruptions I saw too, and I remember, is that everybody wanted the train to come through their town. So you had all these politicians wrangling and changing the plans constantly over where that train was going to go. And mm. so instead of this being a fast trip directly from uh, Los Angeles to the Bay Area, it wound up making all of these side stops that would cause it to be a slower train <laughs> and run in slower areas. Also, everybody could claim they had the bullet train coming. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, uh, you know, one thing after another with, you know, government planning that that causes uh, so many of these things uh, to go awry. Uh, but yeah, they, they did mention, though, that that, that sweet spot, because I, I remember when they, they first started this, it seemed like a solution in search of a problem, right? I mean, we could, you know, I, I occasionally drive to LA. It's about a six mile or a, about a six hour drive, roughly, you know, and, and that's that's manageable. Um, or if you really want to fly, you can do that. But by the time you jump through all the hurdles with the airport, um, you know, it, it's sort of like, okay, well, maybe you're saving yourself a couple hours, maybe two and a half hours or something if you decide to fly. So, you know, Maybe there's a case for the bullet train, but it just, you know, let the market figure it out. Whereas, you know, this other one, you can see, uh, uh, you know, with the Vegas traffic going from L.A. to to, uh, uh, um, to Las Vegas on the weekends, that can really back up in some areas of the freeway. So I think, uh, you know, maybe maybe that's uh, really solving a problem for, for a lot of people. And plus, it'll be market driven where it's going to, you know, it's a company figuring out whether people are going to actually be paying for this with their tickets and not just with government government IOUs. <laughs> so. you, see, you, you see, this is the problem with, with the left. These things just highlight the problems with the left in terms of their, their thinking. I mean, look at, look, look at, I mean, at one time, our main mode of transportation at one time was, was horse, was horse drawn buggies, right? That was, I mean, a hundred, 120 years ago. I look at today, 
Uber have come along and totally revolutionized the transportation of people from point A to point B. I mean, you you could sit on your phone, you pick, you could sit, you could sit in your home, pick up your phone, and you you call Uber and they'll show up at the, at the front door and they could take you wherever the hell they want to go. Probably even take you to Los Angeles if you want to. If you there are some some markets where things like that can happen. But the point is though, but the point is though, the government is interfering with the proper functioning. Of, of the marketplace, and they're making a, a disaster out of it. And they're expecting us, the honest taxpayer, the hardworking taxpayer, to pay for their mistakes. And they keep doing it over and over, whether it's on transportation or whether it's in this whole climate change boondoggle that we are not paying for with solar and wind and everything. You're seeing it all over, where the government is interfering with the proper functioning of the marketplace. And then what do they expect? Oh, we have to pay our fair share. You know, we have to pay our fair share to cover their boondoggers. This is a disaster of government. And what we are seeing in the Central Valley right now, and, you know, we are all here live in California, is, yes, the continuation of that whole mentality of the, the boondoggers that they, 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 try to, they try to build, and then we have to pay for them so that the, we have to pay to bail out their mistakes. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, and, and I guess my, my only point, um, yeah, but, yeah, I agree with Leon on that, uh, is that I've made this trip from San Diego to Las Vegas, and it could be a nightmare coming back, especially on a Sunday night. It, I mean, we're talking eight hours, you yeah. know, not, not, two, not two and a half. It's, it's, it may be normally. With with a travel, but traffic rather, but I mean it's literally bumper to bumper the entire way back, and um, I am not. I'll tell you one thing: I'm not going to do. Instead of driving or or taking Lyft or Uber to the airport, if I'm if I'm going to be without a car in Las Vegas, I'd rather just drive the the take the 20 minute drive, however I get there, to San Diego Airport, fly for. 40 minutes or whatever it is, it's a short trip, over to um, Las Vegas and be there at the airport close to center of town and then um, rent a car and I've got my transportation around Vegas for the weekend and then come back on Sunday, same thing, and it's, uh, it's just a short trip. And then boom, I'm home. I'm not going to drive all the way to Rancho Cucamonga uh, into LA, the heart of LA. We're talking now. That's going to add four or five hours to your trip on a Sunday night mm -hmm. on the weekend. I mean, it's another nightmare that the the trip back. Okay, because LA is a complete nightmare. That's what we call it. we call it hell a for a reason down here. And um, so uh, uh, that's that's not going to work for me because I'm going to be in the same predicament when I get there in the bullet train. I'm not going to have a car. Okay, so I don't have the advantage of driving to Vegas. Okay, I don't have and having my own car, not having to rent a car. So you know, it's it's yeah. people are going to look at they people are going to weigh all these time and money sure. constraints, and I do not predict success for this bullet train, even if they do get it built. I don't I don't think there's going to be enough people occupying it to make it worthwhile. 
Well, Tim, the, the one thing that might happen, though, is you may get enough people in L.A. taking it that it lightens your drive on the freeway. Because uh, <laughs> you don't want to drive a little yeah. more. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's possible. You know, the, the one know. thing that does worry me just a little bit with this, though, is with him put, punching the $3 billion in, I kind of think this one has a better chance for success because it's tied to Vegas and a lot more business interests. So it's much more likely to get done i think than uh than what's happening you know being run by central planners in california mm. but um but that said by biden pumping some money into this then you may be able to tie a government label onto this where if it's successful suddenly it gives a bunch of rationale for pumping money into other ill-advised train projects throughout the country and you know i mean he did just approve uh during his administration like a 66 billion dollar influx of money i think into uh rail in general so you know this guy is you know kind of uh you know got a deep pocket for 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 big rail, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but you know, Jason, that, that 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 point you make about about giving you know the this uh, I think it's bright line they call it. They they're gonna end up taking three billion dollars from the government, and if this thing succeeds, then of course we're gonna be hearing this thing about public private partnerships. You know, mm-hmm. notice we've been hearing a lot about that these days, and we're hearing a lot about it in climate change. This climate change thing too, but. The once in a while where you may see some success with these so-called public-private uh, partnerships, you do see a few successes here and there, if you could call them successes. But it also sets up, just like you said, sets up the rationale for more of these public-private partnerships, which leads to more public-private partnerships of disaster. That's what it does. So yeah. even if this thing does end up being successful, the bright line, does end up being successful, it still doesn't change the fact that we are always dealing with disasters when we have the government making picking winners and choosers in the marketplace. Yeah. Winners and losers in the marketplace. Yeah. Well, I feel like government being involved in the marketplace or uh, public-private partnerships are sort of like... Uh, a breeding ground for misinformation or disinformation because <laughs> <laughs> everything is wrong usually about those stories and the incentives that are set up. But that does bring me to, uh, you know, some of what the media has been doing with misinformation and disinformation. Uh, there, there was a uh, story uh, that uh, came out uh, uh, earlier this month um and it was a a texas newspaper maybe james you could bring up the visual real quick um they uh, had run a story on ted cruz saying that he he wanted to limit preferred pronouns in a bill that he was pushing in texas and uh, of course the bill doesn't say anything about limiting preferred pronouns but it got tagged that way. And so everybody just started repeating it. And I guess it's just, you know, uh, it got, uh, you know, over 6 million views, this tweet that was claiming that by this newspaper. And it strikes me as really similar to the story we heard in Florida, where they had this don't say gay bill, when it did nothing of the sort, it simply limited certain things that small children could be exposed to you know like third graders and below and suddenly that turned into don't say gay which is just like you know almost a non sequitur i guess um you know essentially we're trying to uh ban books that were showing graphic images of 
sex and sex scenes, some of them, you know, uh, some of them homosexual, I guess. But but the idea saying that this is not allowed for for, you know, them to show in, in K through 12 schools to kids third grade and under. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like uh, so. I mean, we, we see this misinformation that's being constantly pumped out, but it gets worse than that. It's not just simply getting the stories wrong. They'll literally talk over uh, uh, people who are trying to tell you what their views are, what the truth is in their perspective. There was a recent uh, uh, discussion, uh, a town hall that Vivek Ramaswamy was was at where um, he was uh, being interviewed by this uh, by this reporter, by this uh, correspondent. Um, I can't think of her name. Abby uh, Phillips. Okay, Abby Phillip, and she was uh, uh, she was essentially wouldn't let him talk. She was asking him a question. He was trying to answer it, and then she started talking over him so that he couldn't get his answer out. And I, so I wanted to play this. We've got this broken down into a few clips here, but um, it, for, first, the, the key issue here is that he said during his uh, presidential debate, his most recent presidential debate, that. He felt like January 6th was an inside job, and that got a lot of eyeballs to him for saying something like that when none of the other candidates would go that far. And, of course, we've seen all kinds of things that were uh, kind of – uh, things that it felt like the government was hiding from us about the story. And certainly the mainstream media uh, seemed to be covering up a lot of these details as well, or certainly they weren't dogged in pursuing a lot of the details that the government was hiding on this. Um, and so she asked him about this and he gets ready to respond. So let, let me first play uh, clip number four uh, and that'll show him setting up the question. So uh, she, she's asked him the question and he's going to start to answer inside job to describe what happened on January 6th. The next day, Capitol rioter Alan Hosteller uh, highlighted your comments at his sentencing. He is going to prison for 11 years. Hosteller uh, threatened members of Congress. He brought a hatchet, knives, pepper spray, stun batons, tactical gear to the U.S. Capitol. Are you concerned that a convicted felon like that is now promoting your comments in court? So here's my concern, Abby, and I want to tell you guys where I'm at. If you had told me, it's close to three years ago that January 6, 2021 happened. If you had told me three years ago, back when I was a biotech CEO, not steeped in this world, I was just consuming passive media, but was focused on my world of developing medicines. If you had told me that January 6 was in any way an inside job, the subject of government entrapment, I would have told you that was crazy talk. Fringe conspiracy theory nonsense. I can tell you now, having gone somewhat deep in this, it's not. I mean, the reality is this. We do have a government, first of all, we have to acknowledge that has lied to us systematically over the last several years about the origin of COVID-19, about the Hunter Biden laptop that we were told was false by 51 CIA experts and otherwise before we now know that it was true. You can go straight down the list, the Trump-Russia disinformation collusion hoax, all of it. Now we come to January 6th. The reality is we know that there were federal law enforcement agents in that field. We don't know how many. I think it's Mr. shameful. If, if I may finish, just answering. Well, let me this just, is, this is I, really... 
so that's where the the sparks start to fly. So he's he's given the sort of the lead into his answer, and then she immediately jumps in and starts to talk over him so that he can't go any farther with this. Uh, I, I did think it was kind of interesting the fact that if you look what CNN did there at the beginning of that interview, they immediately took what he was saying about maybe this being an inside job in different parts of this uh, uh, narrative that he's saying don't make sense and saying that, oh, because one guy who is on trial at January 6th, um, because it, one guy who, who might actually be a criminal is using this in his defense, that somehow it doesn't make anything he's saying is true. When we've actually seen a lot of these people being prosecuted simply for walking into the uh, Capitol <laughs> when police are, are letting them come in. So, I mean, this is, you know, we're, we're literally seeing this stuff happen with our own eyes and CNN is telling us, don't believe your lying eyes on a lot of this. Well, Vivek, in, in this next clip, he starts to, you know, try to continue his answer, and she tries to just shut him down. So let's uh, let's see the second clip uh, here, real quick. Uh, this yeah, is a clip five. I think it's Mr. shameful. And if, if I may finish this answer, well, let me just. Is, is really I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you here because because I know this, that there the establishment were, doesn't approve of this message. I know that there this, were federal we agents. Be able to talk about this. You're saying that there were federal this is, agents. This is important to talk about. This, you this are saying important. there were federal agents in the pad on on January 6th. Yep. There is no evidence that there were federal agents in the crowd on January so, 6th. So why, before Congress, when pressed on what the number was, they didn't say there were none. They just couldn't so say how many there were. So you're saying that there's no, that you have not seen evi any evidence so that we've there seen were, multiple, and so you We've seen multiple informants suggesting that there were. We know people were, we know people were FBI informants who were asking Is you, there any evidence? May, may, I, may, I, just, may I just finish there, this me, and well, you let can let come me, back and question me. Well, let me clarify. I know it's very uncomfortable for you. I'm going to clarify my question because you... I know this is an uncomfortable issue for many people, but we have to do the truth here. I'm going to clarify my question because I want to make sure that you understand what I'm asking and I told you, I was where with you three years the, ago. I'm where not there now. Where is the evidence? Yes. Where is the evidence that the government had a plot, so an inside I, job, but no, 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 I'm not what inside job is because I'm not going to. I'm not violence on January 6th. Where I'm not going to let you put words in my that? mouth. I'm going to put my words in my mouth, and I'm going to tell you what what where I mean by that. Where is the evidence that the government was involved Entrapment. in planning or executing okay. January 6th? Where so I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you hard facts, and if I may, Abby, I know this is going to be a little uncomfortable. But we're gonna we're, we're gonna go through this, and you can and you can you can push Just back on it. Just waiting for the evidence, that. and you can push back on that. And let's do this fairly. Why? No, <laughs> you can see that he here he is trying to get you know answer his answer to the question i mean and she is not letting him get that <clears throat> get that out which is just absolutely insane and he's and he's making it real clear hey look i know this is a narrative you guys don't want to hear but i we're going to say it anyways <laughs> even if it makes you guys uncomfortable but i you know it just is is amazing that this is a news organization and they're not fall they're not at all curious about why the government hid so many pieces of this video they're not curious at all about so many of the things from Swami is talking about here. They're just interested in hearing what the government tells them and re-saying it, I, you know, which is absolutely crazy. Um, let's go into this last clip because this tells uh, the end of uh, Ramaswamy's uh, talking points on this and hearing her push back on it. Let's do this fairly. Why did they suppress footage of now what's been released, 200 hours of footage of shooting rubber bullets into that crowd, shooting tear gas into that crowd. You didn't see that before. You saw what the response was to that. Uh, now you see footage coming out of actually rolling out the red carpet 
for Capitol Mr. Police allowing Mr. Ramaswamy, people in again, right through the front the vast door. majority I mean, of that the footage evidence should have been released shows, before Abby. Mr. Ramaswamy, the vast majority been of the before. footage shows and my police officers being overrun and, and I want to talk about one more by case. violent really rioters. That's yeah, I'm going to give you hard, I'm give you some hard facts. Of it shows. So what, here's what entrapment you can't is. Cherry pick. Here's, I'm not cherry picking. You if cannot, I may finish, Abby. If I may finish, Abby. I'm not cherry picking. Examples. To the contrary. To the country, you, you know who cherry picked you know the government. That, did. that is what happened. The government cherry picked 6. 12 hours of footage when there was 200 hours of footage. So cherry picking was the government, not me. Release so, the whole thing. And let me let me just finish one thing too, because this is super important as a topic. So when you, I when, think this is a civil libertarian issue of our time. When we Gretchen talking, Whitmer's kidnapping. I want to keep. I want to be really clear on this, because it's the same issue in the same FBI, same even part of the FBI. Three people who were in an alleged plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer were acquitted at the end of trial because it was entrapment. That is, government agents put them up to do something they otherwise wouldn't have done. They gave them credit cards with spending limits of up to $5,000, encouraged them to buy munitions, plan something they weren't otherwise willing to plan. So, I mean, there we see, I mean, Colt News Network literally trying to step on everything he said, not curious about any of these things, just going along with the government narrative. And the crazy thing is we never see them do this with when they have Joe Biden or somebody else on. They just they just lap up everything he says, whether it makes sense or not. <laughs> they just go right along with it. And, you know, here he's bringing up things and they have not the slightest bit of curiosity. In fact, she even accuses him of cherry picking when it was the government who literally is Ramaswamy. They they cherry picked. They they literally showed us only what they wanted us to see. And eventually, when Republicans took control of the House, we got to see it all and suddenly realized, hey, this is there's a lot of different stuff happening here. And anyway, what do you guys think about this? To me, it seems like just manufactured news where they're just simply trying to create a a, a disinformation dystopia that they keep us controlled with. You see, these 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 so-called news networks like CNN, they have chosen a side, okay? And the side is not the liberty-minded. The side is the left and the Democrats. <clears throat> this woman in particular, Abby Phillips, who ironically and incidentally has Trinidad roots, this woman is a political hack. She was once involved in one of the biggest cringe, cringing that ever occurred on national TV. She once declared that that um, that Donald Trump is the worst president in American history on live TV. And Jake Tapper, who is no friend of the left, even had to cringe at the statement that she declared. This is a political hack trying to take down somebody on the right, which, of course, Vivek. I mean, you may disagree with some of Vivek's statements and that kind of stuff, but he's very clear-minded about the things he's saying. It is no, There is nothing controversial about the fact that the FBI had agents in the crowd on January 6th. There's nothing controversial about the fact that Donald Trump said clearly, we shall march down to peacefully, let our voices be heard. There's no con- controversy about these things. That was very, very clear. The video also showed the police was opening, the Capitol Hill police was opening the gates and allowed people to walk in or walk into the Capitol. There's nothing controversial about that. But you see, the left narrative cannot stand that, you see. They cannot, they cannot allow that to be said on national TV if they could avoid it. But the video is showing this. There's a man named Ray Epps that we have on video saying we have to go into the capital. We have to go into the capital. 
it is alleged that that man was an informant for the FBI. Now, the FBI just recently charged him with some light misdemeanor, no big deal. A lot of people have gotten a lot harsher sentences for just walking around uh, on the Capitol grounds on, the, on January 6th. But this man named Reps, he just got something light. Why? Even that point that, that Ramaswamy raised about the, the, the kidnapping of uh, the alleged kidnapping, the alleged kidnapping attempt of Gretchen Whitmer, Whitmer who is the governor of, of, uh, of Michigan. Yes, yeah, some of the people were acquitted because the FBI was involved. The dirty hands of the FBI were involved. So why is it so to this woman who's supposed to be an objective reporter, why is it so controversial to hear the fact that, well, the FBI may have had their dirty hands involved in January 6th? And there's no dispute about that. Apparently, well, yeah, that's great, great points. Um, apparently, people still watch CNN. That's that's my biggest shock. And, and apparently, apparently, uh, the Vivek people that that schedule his uh, interviews um, agreed to go on to a CNN based uh, interview. And and be railroaded like that, uh, which is very rude, by the way. Yeah, just listening to two people talking, instead of the guests that you're supposed to get the information you're you're looking for, at least his opinion. Uh, why why does anybody agree to go on to CNN to be interviewed? That's the second question, the thing that shocks me. Um, so in the future, you know, I would not expect um, that people from the Republican side, at least, or libertarian, either one, to uh, go on to the, the, that show because they uh, they obviously are, are just going to be railroaded by whatever host they put up. I, I don't know if it has to be her, uh, but but anyway, that's that's my shock right there. Well, yeah, I, I will say this about Vivek. He is fairly fearless about getting his free media. <laughs> so yeah. he will he will go anywhere. He's talked to people with all kinds of podcasts and, uh, you know, friendly or unfriendly. Um, he's, he's even on that uh, show with uh, Charlemagne the God, I guess, and some of these yeah. others who certainly are not friendly <laughs> to uh, anybody who's not on the left. So, the, yeah, so these are, you know, he is, uh, I guess he's trying to get that free media that, uh, you know, in controversy everywhere he can get it. And I, I kind of respect him for that because he's he's keeping the conversation alive in places where uh, it's it's quite frankly become a uh, cult echo chamber over there. I mean, I, I see CNN as cult news network. <laughs> That's well, all I see it as. It is, said, it is said that he was part of the reason that Don Lemon got fired from CNN, which, yeah. you know, you know. So you are right that he will go. He'll go anywhere and take on anybody, which I I kind of like myself, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, and and, and Vivek, in, in case any of you didn't know that reference, he got on an uh, interview with Don Lamont. They were talking about I think some DEI thing or something. Uh, uh, you know, uh, some kind of a um, racial issue, and they got, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and Don Lamont told him, I think that he wasn't the right skin color to talk about <laughs> these issues, and 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 Don Lamont lost his job, over it. so they got in a heated argument. 
<laughs> so uh, anyways, um, but you know what? We're, we're getting close to out of time, so uh, it's a good time to jump to our knucklehead noise patrol and somebody who the left never uh, censors, <laughs> and, and they probably should <laughs> with some of the stuff that he says. Uh, we're we're going to go to our favorite knucklehead, uh, uh, yeah, at least a knucklehead gaff machine, Joe Biden, um, and we're going to hear about his secret the Jewish heritage that nobody ever knew about, and he recently revealed at a press conference. Um, James, could you uh, bring up the visual first, uh, real quick, and then we'll. Uh, so uh, he was he was uh, giving a talk uh, on the events that happened on October seventh, uh, and of course, October seventh is the massacre that happened when uh, Hamas fighters uh, breached the uh, Israeli border and wound up killing uh, over a thousand people in some of these what they call kibbutzes and those are like little sort of towns uh, that have been established by Jewish settlers and these people came in there and they just murdered everybody stole things uh, you know just uh, a huge issue of terror essentially I mean they just mutilated bodies uh, kidnapped people uh, just terrible and and of course that's what's behind this uh, current uh, conflict between Israel and Hamas but here's Joe Biden talking about it um, and personalizing the story <laughs> as he often does in ways that challenge uh, that challenge truth uh, and reality <laughs> here, we, here we go we have the clip the Holocaust 65 years. You know, after October 7th, my father, a father returned to his kibbutz to salvage what he could from his home. What was left was in the rubble and ruin. The home, which hid, was he hidden in with his wife and his daughter for 20 hours before being rescued. So, uh, Jane, maybe we could bring the visual back up again for the story. So what he said there, and you didn't mishear it. He said, after October 7th, my father, uh, he said, a father, so his father is a father, apparently, returned to his kibbutz to salvage what, what was left of his home, uh, what was left was rubble and ruin. So, you know, and of course, Joe Biden's dad has been dead since 2002. <laughs> So I, I don't know. I mean, this is this is our commander in chief, um, and he's made the story about himself somehow. This terrible tragedy. <laughs> what do you guys think of this? Well, hey, listen, okay. Joe Biden have Jewish roots. He have Puerto Rican roots. He have uh, Caucasian roots. He ha he have roots from all over the place. Okay. Well, and and, and he marched with Mandela. Remember that he, he marched to free Mandela. Yeah, he was arrested in South Africa because he was had the honor of trying to go see Nelson Mandela. Yeah, and there's there's no actual evidence of that, but he claims he did. So nobody yeah, else yeah. remembers. That, that's what he said. Yes. <laughs> he also desegregated the um the theaters in um in in Delaware during the civil rights movement. And on and on it go. This man have a history that is so comprehensive that I don't think there's any other human being on planet Earth that could match this man's history. But the only little problem, there's one little problem about it. It's all in his mind. He's sick on um his sick cognitive declining mind. That's all it is. There's something is wrong with this man, seriously wrong with this man. It scares me every day to think that this man has the codes for nuclear weapons right at his fingertips. 
This is scary stuff you're talking about here. I mean, we may laugh and joke about the gaffe this man this man will make over and over again. You know, we 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 come in so accustomed to it that we just laugh about it. But this man has the nuclear codes. Think about that for a second. This is scary shit. Pardon my language again. But this is unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I think it was. He's got a problem with his mind, but I think it's just that he wasn't trying to really say that he's got Jewish heritage or that it was his father. I think he just made a mistake in his mind as he was simulating that, uh, assembling that uh, that statement. And instead of saying a father, which he really wanted to say, he said, my father, oops, oops a father. Uh, which is what he really meant, uh, personally. I think that's what was going on in his mind. Uh, and well, I, I just, I just have a little bit of a pushback. How did he misremember yeah. uh, going to march with Mandela? I mean, well, that's, that's, <laughs> was he remembering his a father that's, that's, there or something? Yeah, that's, that's a different story there. <laughs> no, but, 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 but you know, I mean, here, here, the only problem I will have with what you just said, Tim. Mm-hmm. This guy is the president of the United States. Yeah. This man have speech writers galore that we are paying for. They must have written down something for him to, oh, to, to say yeah. when he was going and, to talk about this, this yeah. horrible incident that occurred <clears throat> in Israel. They must have written down something. And he couldn't even read it? Yeah, that, that, I think so. I, I think he saw, he, he probably saw the, the words of the sentence and then was thinking about it coming up. And instead of looking directly and reading it, word for word he just just put my father instead of a father in there and then then he you know it's happened fast it's like it's like when you're doing karaoke you know you're looking at the screen you're looking up you're looking at the screen looking up that kind of thing well even even a father is kind of kind of vague for something that's kind of a graphic story. I, I would think he'd have some detail. I mean, this is the problem with him. He has lied about so many things in the past. He's claimed that he was at the top of his law school class. And back when the press used to check him on this stuff, then they came back. That fact, that's what part of what knocked him out of his first presidential run back in, uh, uh, I think, it was it the uh, 80s or 90s uh, back then? And, it was 88. You know, it, he claimed that... Um, he took he took a speech from um from, yeah he was plagiarizing from, everybody from Neil, yeah from Neil Kinnock yeah well, Kinnock was talking about his own family and and Biden made it the this the history of his own family the Bidens in the coal mines so supposedly <laughs> his dad was a coal miner who knew <laughs> and and he's been a truck driver as well that's part of Biden's <laughs> which you know who knew right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I you know, normally Tim, I'd I'd be completely charitable and give him this if this were like a one-off, but the yeah. guy does this as just his normal course of action. So I it just <laughs> it has happened. These things happen too often for this just to be well, you know, it was a simple a simple slip of the tongue, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, I have a friend who always says uh, a slip of the tongue is no fault of the mind. But in in, in Biden's case. A slip of his tongue is clearly a fault of his mind. There's no doubt about it. Well, yeah, I, I'm not saying there's there isn't a, a mind problem going on there, but but I, I think he in this particular case he was it was just more of a slip of the tongue personally. 
Well, I, I think fork tongues tend to slip a little easier. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've got you've got two of them to contend with. <laughs> well, I, I think you've uh, uh, we've we've pretty much reached the end of this topic and, and this show, um, but I, I do want to uh, thank our listeners for joining us and just re remind uh, you guys too that um, you know what this show is about. We're trying to uh, reach out to talk with people who are involved with forwarding uh, issues of liberty in their region or across the country, and uh, you know it's really about trying to to get people interested in figuring out what they can do in their communities. Um, and, and it's funny too, because when one of the things that started the quote stuff off at the beginning of the show was uh, Malay recently got elected in Argentina as president. So I just want to keep coming back to this. This is sort of inspirational. I think to anybody who's liberty minded, the fact that, you know, th these things can happen. This, you know, if, if people, try if people do work towards these things uh, we can get people elected and Jane maybe I can bring up this last visual here uh, this is a quote that we did to start kicking off our liberty quotes here and he said I did not come to guide lambs I came here to awaken lions and so I'm kind of hoping that you know some of what we do on this show will be to wake people up to ideas that maybe you can get started with something in your community or uh, you know get involved thinking about what you can do to further the cause of liberty because we're seeing a lot of people challenge these things for us and it's slipping away and you know we really got to stand up and 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 uh make ourselves heard so uh thanks again for joining us for this one until the next one stay tuned and stay free oh yes indeed life liberty and the pursuit of happiness always and forever thank you for listening to the knuckleheads of liberty podcast find us on facebook rumble YouTube, your favorite podcast network, and at knuckleheadsofliberty.com.